Hey y'all, welcome to the Second of Strength podcast. My name is Tanner Clark. I went from sitting at a desk to speaking on stage internationally to inspire teenagers and people like you. My goal is simple, help you find your one second of strength to walk away from the things that are holding you back, to step into your potential and ultimately find happiness. Thank you for spending your valuable seconds with me today. Let's go. What is going on? Welcome to today's episode. I hope that uh, it helps you. Today we're going to talk about all things social media and really um, the impact that it's having. So what I want to dive into is really what is the real cost of social media and in particular, what is it doing to our teenagers? And I think that you know, if you if if you follow me on Instagram at all, I know we're talking about social media, and now here I go talking about uh, Instagram. And actually, it's funny when I speak in school. So I one of the things I do is I speak to teenagers about the dangers of social media um, and how they can rise above it. And without fail, when I speak to a school, there's always one or two kids, usually a seventh grader or an eighth grader, comes up afterwards and go, "You tell us to get off social media, but." You know, you have your Instagram handle at the bottom of your presentation because you want us to follow you. And it's like, man, no, not really. I don't really care if you follow me. But um, but I always tell them, well, the more people I can reach, the more people I can help. But anyway, it's always funny because there's always that one kid who just thinks he got me. You know, he thinks he he thinks he got me. So anyway, there's a, there's always that one kid. But um but ultimately what I do is I go in and talk with teenagers and help them find happiness. And the reality is, is that today there are a lot of kids that are struggling. A lot of kids are struggling. And it is most often because of smartphones and social media. That's just the fact. And it is limiting their potential. It is keeping them from becoming who they can become because they're spending so much time on these devices. And so um, so that's what I do. I go in and, and help these kids. But um, the reality is, is that, that kids are struggling. And, um, <clears throat> just this week I did a kind of an impromptu Instagram poll and I just said, Hey, are you addicted to your phone to the people who follow me? And whether that is, you know, teenagers, uh, which I do have a lot of teenagers who follow me, but also parents and, and, um, and the results were probably what you would expect them to be. Um, I, and so there was four answers to the survey. There was yes. There was maybe, there was no, and then there was no with a little lying Pinocchio nose, um, you know, emoji. And the answers were what I would expect and probably what you expect, because I think if we look at our own lives, it's probably feels similar. But 36% of people, and there was over, you know, over 100 respondents, if not more, but um, 36% said, yes, they're addicted. 54% said, maybe. Um Four percent said no, and six percent said no with the liar nose, and uh, and I'm guessing that maybe the no people were also lying, but because the reality is is that on some level we all feel addicted to our phones, we feel attached to them, and and I would argue maybe it's not an addiction. To some people it is, but to some people it's that we form these habits and they are just repetitive habits because there's good habits and there's bad habits, and unfortunately our phones cause some of the worst habits that we can uh, that we can have. So so there is this predominant feeling between adults and teenagers that we're addicted to our phones. 
And when I go speak to teenagers, one of the reasons is because I think that teenagers are struggling and I don't think they know why they're struggling. They're unhappy all of a sudden. They're struggling all of a sudden. They're like, they're dealing with self-doubt, self-confidence issues and all these like dilemmas and these internal dilemmas and demons that they're fighting. And I think they start fighting them and they don't exactly know why. And one of my biggest responsibilities is helping them recognize why they're struggling and then giving them specific tools so they can overcome it. But this week has been really interesting because the U.S. Surgeon General came out, uh, his name is Vivek Murthy, and he came out and said that um, that social media is harming our teenagers. He said there's growing there is growing evidence that social media usage is associated with harm to young people's mental health. And then he said, children are exposed to harmful content on social media, ranging from violent and sexual content to bullying and harassment. And for too many children, social media use is compromising their sleep and valuable in-person time with family and friends. We are in the middle of a national mental health crisis, and I am concerned that social media is an important driver of that crisis and one that we must urgently address. And I'm sitting here going, hey, where you been, Vivek, for the last however many years that I've been speaking to teenagers, or clearly you're not following me on Instagram um, because I've been screaming this from the rooftops, and I think that other people have been screaming this from the rooftops as well. But here we are now, the, the, the world is catching up to the reality that is social media. And this is the great social experiment where we gave social media to teenagers and people and we gave it without rules, without without any stipulations. We said, hey, go have fun and see what happens. And years later, we are seeing what's happening is we are harming teenagers. What's happening is we are creating a world that, that teenagers struggle and they can't get out of and and it's happening really quick and and very simply a teenager's brain is not developed enough to withstand the the bells and the whistles and the lights and the flashing things of social media they are just not yet equipped to do that the the teenage brain the prefrontal cortex which is the logic decision making part of the brain it doesn't develop in a teenager's head until about the age of 25 and so for boys it's around 26 for girls it's around 24 but but the brain is not de- developed yet and so for teenagers they are thinking emotionally and the phone all it does is it taps into that emotional response center of the brain. It is a dopamine feed that feeds just emotional feelings right to the brain over and over and over again. And the teenagers, teenagers and adults really as well, but you just want more and you want more and you want more and you realize you just can't put it down. And that's why like a teenager or anybody, they'll go to, they'll pick up their phone almost out of habit and they may go, man, I need to check the weather and see what's going on. And they check the weather and they realize after like 45 minutes of scrolling TikTok that they don't even know what the weather is yet. And it's because you just get drawn into these things. And it's because the phone was developed that way. The addictive nature of a smartphone is not a bug. It's a feature. It's a feature that was developed that way. And if you think about your phone, you think about every single app that you have, you realize it was developed with that intention. Everything from 
the simplest of games. Every game on your phone has a daily reward. The daily reward is designed to bring you back again and again and again. They want you there daily, right? You think about the endless scroll. It is impossible to get to the bottom of an endless scroll. You will scroll till the till forever, right? You just will scroll because that's what it was designed to do. You think about likes and notifications. You finally, you finally put down your phone. You find that second of strength that I always talk about, and you put down your phone, and you realize that you, uh, you, you realize that that you just got a notification, and you pick it right back up. Every single thing, every single feature on your phone is designed to keep you there, because that is how these companies make money. The longer you're there, it's all about your eyeballs. It's all about your time. The longer you're there, the more money they make. And that's, you know, if you think about every every social media app that is out there, they all start competing against each other, right? TikTok, stealing everybody's time, stealing everybody's eyeballs. And so what does Instagram do? They create reels, right? Just so you can do that. Be Real, a new app comes in and they start stealing people's time and attention. What do the other apps do? Well, they create a feature that is just like that. So you don't need to go anywhere else. You stay right here. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to advertising dollars. It comes down to to how these companies make money and it comes down to advertising. And what's always been said, and it's absolutely true, is that if you are not paying for something, and not you or I or anybody else is paying for social media, if you are not paying for it, you are the product. Plain and simple, if you're not paying for social media, you are the product. And their goal is to keep you there longer and longer and longer. And so that's what these features do. So so we need to start recognizing that that the features are there to keep you there. They release dopamine into the brain, into the teenage brain, and it is addictive in nature. You cannot pull yourself away from it. And unfortunately, the result and the casualties of this are our teenagers. The result is that our teenagers start questioning their worth. They start questioning who they are. They start questioning that, you know, one of the biggest things with social media is comparison. We hear about it a lot. And if you go back a couple of episodes on the podcast, I talked a lot about comparison. But that's the reality. Teenagers are going on these apps and they're comparing their lives to other people's highlight reels. They're comparing their lives to, to what people are putting these perfect images on social media. And it's just not fair. And then all of a sudden, a teenager starts thinking that their life is not as good. They start thinking that they can't compete with, with these beautiful people that are out there. And so what they do is they start, you know, impacting their self-confidence and they start thinking they're not good enough and and you know when self-confidence is impacted a whole bunch of things happen there because because the teenager starts starts believing they start believing these lies they start believing that they're not confident and then all of a sudden it impacts everything they do it impacts how they talk to people it impacts impacts the the extracurricular activities that they want. It impacts every single aspect of their life just because they spent a little too much time scrolling, scrolling Instagram. Um, the, the U.S. Surgeon General, he said that um, teenagers who use social media for more than three hours a day face double the risk of depression and anxiety symptoms. That is crazy to me. 
And it's something we have to pay really close attention to. But the challenge is, and the scary part, is that teenagers on average are spending three and a half hours a day. So on average, teenagers are spending more than three and a half hours a day. And if they spend more than three hours a day, they double the risk of depression and anxiety. That's a scary statistic that every parent, if you're listening to this, teenager, if, if you're listening to this, and parents, I hope you share this with your teenagers, but um, you need to pay attention to that statistic. Because I know in my family that the introduction of social media into um, my teenager's life had immediately, and it had immediate negative effects on her mood, on her mentality, and it's something that we've had to fight back against to help her, to help her grow. And and so the quicker you realize that this is the root of the problem, the happier you'll be in the long run and the happier teenagers will be. And I've always said that that if your teenagers are struggling, it will always tie back to the moment you put a smartphone in their pocket. And I would venture to guess that if you are struggling in your life, it ties back to your smartphone usage. It ties back to how much time you are spending on on your phone. Because when we spend that much time on our phones, we cannot get ahead. And so I think that when we really look at the cost, the real cost of social media, it really comes down to these things. It comes down to creating limiting beliefs in our youth. And it comes down to limiting their potential because of the time that they're spending there. Think about this. Teenagers, on average, spend 82 minutes a day on TikTok, okay? That is a lot of time. 82 minutes a day, over an hour, on TikTok. When you do the math on that, that is 20 days, 20 full 24-hour days out of their year. How is a teenager supposed to reach their potential if 20 full days out of their year is spent on TikTok. It can't happen. You cannot get there. And similarly, if you have if your teenager has TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, and Instagram, they have all four of those apps and they spend the average amount of time that a teenager spends on those apps, then they are spending 71 days out of their year on that device. 71 days. That is 20% of their year. And you think about the potential that these teenagers have, the the potential of your kids. They have this incredible potential to become whatever they want to become in this world. But 71 days, 21% of their year is spent on social media. And you cannot become the person that you are destined to become if you are spending that much time scrolling an app. I have a friend, Joey Odom, who he's a co-founder of a company called Aro, which creates a smart box where you put your phone in to to incentivize you for downtime. It it effect it essentially fights dopamine with dopamine. So you put it in and you are rewarded for the downtime so you can go and live your life. And uh, Joey said the other day, he said um, that our kids are going to grow up remembering other people's memories more than their own. That's a problem. And it's true because they're sitting in their rooms, they're sitting in their house, scrolling social media over and over and over again, and they're not experiencing life 
for themselves. <clears throat> and I think that when we look at the when when we look at this social experiment in the long run, we're going to look back and realize that that the time spent on these apps is really what has cost our society. It's cost our future. It's cost our kids their future because they cannot step into their potential if they're spending that much time on these apps. So <clears throat> one thing I would love to see, you know, the sur- the Surgeon General came out and he said that that this is creating a problem. And I think that's great, you know, but I also know that two years ago, the the Facebook whistleblower came out and she said that, you know, Instagram was bad and it was making teenage girls feel worse about themselves and nothing's changed. It's only gotten worse. And so here we are, the U.S. Surgeon General, he's come out and he said, hey, social media is harmful for our teenagers. We know that now there's increasing evidence that's showing that. And that's all great. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. Well, it's not wonderful. It's terrible. But I'm, I'm glad that he's he's arriving and seeing that com- that conclusion and that he's calling that out. But what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do and how are we going to regulate this? And I, you know, I, I applaud states like Utah, where I live, where they've created a law that the teenagers can't be online on social media past uh, basically in the in the nighttime hours of, the, of uh, in the night, you know, when they when they go to bed. And I don't know how you enforce that law, but that's the law. And Montana is is uh, proposing and passing a law that you cannot be on TikTok at all. You cannot have TikTok in the state of Montana. And I know that TikTok is spending huge dollars to stop that because they clearly it's 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 impacting their business. And so they're spending, you know, huge numbers and huge dollars to stop that. But so that's one way, you know, it's like, OK, we can go really drastic and, and maybe it is the right thing. Maybe it's not drastic, but we can just shut down social media in general Um I don't see that happening. I think there's too much money at play. I think that, you know, this world is run by money. And unfortunately, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, but, you know, even on a simple level, when you think about the U.S. Surgeon General and, and you think about the the warnings that they've put on tobacco products and, and things like that, you know, that that these this this may cause lung cancer or whatever. But but what if there was a Surgeon General's warning every single time you opened your phone. Every time you opened Instagram, every time you opened TikTok, every time you opened CrapChat, I call it CrapChat instead of Snapchat, just so you know, but <clears throat> every time you open CrapChat, every time you open Twitter on the splash page, the very front page of those apps, what if there was a Surgeon General's warning? What if it said this app may be dangerous if you feel addicted or symptoms of depression, sadness, anxiety, or comparison, self-doubt, or even suicidal thoughts then take a break and walk away. You will be happier. What if just as a warning, what if just as like a moment of like, hey, self-check, this happened? What if there was a what if there was a rule set in place that that every single time you open TikTok and you started to scroll, what if after X amount of time it just automatically shut down? You just could not be on it that long. And I know that there are controls and things that you can put in place, but they're all opt-ins. I don't want opt-ins. I want, when we look at our teenagers, I want them to be protected instead of protected if you kind of maybe want to protect them. That's not helping. That's not serving us because unfortunately, teenagers just jump on. They want to have fun. They're scrolling around and Instagram, TikTok, all of them are fun until they're not. 
It's fun until you start feeling worse about yourself. It's fun until you start doubting who you are. It's fun until you start seeing your friends doing things that are fun and you weren't invited. It's fun until it's not fun. And so we have a responsibility as adults. We have a responsibility as society. We have a responsibility as people who care about our future and our kids' future to change the narrative here when it comes to social media. And the only way to do that is to, in our families, starting in our families, to <clears throat> to have these conversations with our kids, help them see and recognize the challenges and the dangers that they're facing, and then help them self-monitor. That's where it starts. It starts in the home. You have the power to do that in your home, but you have to take this seriously. You have to recognize that these things are real, and you can't say, not my kid. My kid's not going to suffer from these things. My kid is not going to to have depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts. You can't say that because even the parents whose kids have struggled with those things, they thought that until it was too late. So anyway, I hope this helps. You know, I, again, I speak in schools. I talk to kids. I see them. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges for me is, I wouldn't say challenge, but when I one of the biggest things for me is when I go into a school and I start talking about comparison and I look out into your teenager's eyes, I know exactly which teenagers are struggling because their eyes tell the story. Their eyes tell me how painful this is for them. Their eyes tell me that that they're struggling with self-doubt and they're struggling with comparison and they're trapped and they're feeling that pain and I can see it in their eyes and I love being able to go in there and help them recognize what is causing that problem so they can simply walk away. So wherever you are, if you're listening to this, if you share this with your teenager, you're listening to yourself and you might be struggling as well, know that you're loved, know that you are so extremely important and know that you have the power to find your one second of strength to turn your phone off. You have the power to find your one second of strength and hit delete on that app. You have the power to simply walk away. And like I always say, when you find your one second of strength to distance yourself from TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, the things that are hurting your heart and limiting your potential, when you find your one second of strength to distance yourself from those things, the very next second will be the best second of your life because you will feel free. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope it helped you. And if it did, please share it on your social accounts so that we can help all of the most important people in your life. Your shares are truly the only way we can reach more people together and start to change this world. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for the show. And as always, you deserve to be happy. You are worth it. You are more, more, more than enough. You are in control of your life and you have everything inside of you to reach your full potential. So go find your one second of strength and be happy.